So why did my grandmother die? Why did my partner leave me? Why did my father get ill? Why did my friend end up on drugs? Why, why, why? All these are questions that I've heard again and again from people who maybe used to believe in God or knew something about God, but just thought, how can God be good and then all these bad things happen in the world? These types of questions have stopped so many people from believing in a good God. Because if those things are happening, then either God is powerless, he can't do anything about it, or he doesn't care, or he's just sadistic and wants bad things to happen anyway. So this whole thing is a big issue, big, huge subject. Let's explore a little bit what we mean by the phrase, God is good. Okay, so we all, all heard about dictators and what a dictator is like. A dictator exerts complete control over the people who are under him. No one's allowed to disagree. No one's allowed to disobey him. People are punished even for saying or doing anything that he doesn't like. There's no room to disagree, no room for your own decisions, any plans or ideas you have about the way that you want to live your life, anything important in life, it's all down to what the dictator says. And even if a dictator occasionally makes decisions or commands that are actually in the best interests of his people, I don't think I know anyone who actually believes that any one person or group of people should exert complete control over the lives of the people who are, who are underneath them. Now, if we look at leadership, um, a, a good leader is someone who has the balance of these things. They set the right structure in place for living or working. Um, the, physical structure, the, the building, the infrastructure, the equipment that's needed, things like that, and the procedures, how we do things, how things are done. Um, the leader promotes the right culture and how we relate to one another, how we behave with one another, things like honor and respect and line of command and all that kind of thing, being polite, being loyal, that kind of thing. And then there's providing the right work ethic, um, encouraging the right work ethic, that people work hard, that people will actually do their job well, that they will um, work hard and, 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 and do their job well, to be good workers, providing good output. And then they provide the physical and emotional support needed for when one of their workers starts to struggle and is having a problem. They help them to work through it. Now, what happens if in a work environment someone chooses to do the wrong thing and they can't be corrected? Well, they get fired. In a family, a good parent usually has similar goals. They want to set the right structures in place to keep the household running. Physical living space, bedrooms, kitchen, dining room, um, <laughs> laundry, things like that. Procedures to keep the household running. Um, shopping, cooking, cleaning, paying the bills, things like that. Parents want to promote the right culture and how we behave to one another. 
and we want to encourage a good work ethic, so getting our kids to do chores and things around the house, learning how to do things and do them well, and provide the physical and emotional support when our, our kids struggle, when, when they're in pain, when they're ill, when they're upset about something, we want to be there to help them. And the result should be that kids grow up well-adjusted adults who contribute to society and become good parents themselves. So what does a good parent do when, when one of their kids gets it wrong? You see, that's the quandary that God found himself in. In Genesis chapters 2 and 3, we read about Adam and Eve. They were created by God, set in a beautiful place, told to keep it and tend it. And the only restriction, just one restriction, was to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He brought animals to Adam to name. And God watched as Adam learned about the environment around him and learned how it all worked and spent time with him. It says that God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. So they spent time together. He, he talked with them, he enjoyed being with them. Until one day things went wrong. Adam and Eve listened to different advice. They listened to advice from a different source and they believed it. They both ate from the, the fruit from the tree that they were forbidden to eat. Now, yes, it was both of them. Um, it wasn't just Eve. It says in, um, in chapter three, verse six, she gave some to Adam who was with her. So he was there the whole time and he ate it too, he chose. He wasn't there, he didn't tell her, oh no, he, God didn't say that. No, no, no. <laughs> but anyway, back to this. So they disobeyed God. They did the only thing God told them not to do. That's when shame entered into human life. Suddenly they knew they were naked. Now they've been naked all along. It says in the end of chapter, chapter one that they were naked and not ashamed. And then suddenly, oh, we're naked, oh no. And then God came for his walk in the evening. And for the very first time, they hid from him. And then blame came into human beings. As they started blaming one another, um, they, Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed Adam and they blamed the snake and they even blamed God for making the snake who did it. It's, and then came death. You see, because God gave them skins to cover themselves with. Well, where did those skins come from? You know those animals that Adam just named? And then you get to the point of, in the next chapter, Adam and Eve's son, Cain, kills their other son, Abel. Death happens. So what's God's response in this situation? Well, there's a cost to what they did. You see, an animal died, and eventually human beings would, would die as well. He allowed the natural result of their sin to affect them. He set out, set them out of the garden. Um, that they had to work hard. Weeds, yes, that's where weeds came from, and thorns and thistles and all that kind of thing. 
he, they were distanced from him, from, from their God. And ultimately, death, death came in. And like a good leader or a parent, God put structures in place to keep the world running natural laws, ecosystem. He put the, the law in place to develop a culture of how we relate to one another and how we should relate to him. He gave a work ethic. He told us it was time for us to work and we needed to till the ground and learn how to work and work well. Um, and he made sure that when we needed it, when we were in distress, that he would hear our prayer that he would be able to care for us. So those four things that good leaders do. But he also did something more. You see, from the start, he could have made it so that Adam and Eve couldn't choose to disobey him. God's way of being good is that he gave us the choice. You see, being a good leader isn't being a dictator. It's giving the free will to choose for ourselves what we think, what we do, how we behave. Mankind, Adam and Eve, messed things up in their disobedience. I messed things up and up in my disobedience. When they messed up, the whole of creation was thrown out of whack. Suddenly there wasn't perfection. There were weeds, there was weather, there was sickness, there was death. It wasn't God's desire for this. But God allowed us to live with the results of our choices. As my mom used to say, you made your bed, you lie in it. Except for this, he did something else that only the best of parents and the best of leaders would ever do. He gave himself and paid the ultimate price for their sin, for my sin. You see, Christmas happened. God himself took on skin and bone to live on earth like us, all without the sin. Good Friday happened where God sacrificed himself to pay the price of our disobedience. And then Easter Sunday happened where he conquered the power of death in our lives. And we, because of that, can know freedom from that death. When we say that God is good, it means often we want him to do what we want him to do. We want the world to work the way we want it to work. But you see, in order for that to happen, that means that the world has to work the way I want it to work. I want that light to turn green in front of me. God, make that light turn green, even though there may be somebody else coming the other direction who needs a green light, needs to get to where they're going faster. But what I need is more important. You see, but that makes God unfair. Or he would have to make us all like robots where we weren't able to do anything that he didn't tell us to do. We'd all be programmed, you see. That way no one could choose to do anything bad to us, but then we couldn't choose either. So he'd be a dictator. But instead, God is good because he allows us to choose whether or not to love him. 
And when we choose to love him, he becomes our good parent, teaching us how to live as he originally planned. In Psalm 24, verses 8 and 9, he says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. You know, a good parent does give his children sweets for dinner. Because children need a balanced diet. They need vegetables and they need protein and carbohydrates. They need, need a variety of vitamins and all that in order to be healthy and grow. So my response when difficulties come and God being good to me in that situation isn't giving me what I want, isn't giving me sweets for dinner. When God is being good to me, it doesn't always look like I expect it to look because he has a bigger picture, a bigger picture of what my life and what I need and how he's going to use that in my life. God is good and I can trust in his goodness again and again.